0: friends, this is Tara Wiley, and this is Staying Power, a podcast for Christian leaders in the trenches where we take a couple of opportunities each week to give one another a spiritual shot in the arm of encouragement, a reminder that we are not alone in the journey of living out our callings. We use scripture, stories of people around us and those who went before us, rhythms and practices that can keep us sustained even when the going gets tough. We're rooted in the passage in Galatians 6, 9, and 10, where we're encouraged not to grow weary in doing good, for we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. So we continue to do good for all people. Being a Christian leader can be exhausting, but we are here to remind each other of the staying power that we can find in Christ. At the beginning of each week, I'll either be joined by a current leader in ministry or share the story of one who paved the way before us in church history. And then midweek, I'll offer a short boost of scripture or a reading followed by prayer. I can't wait for you to hear the conversation today with a current leader in ministry who describes himself as a pastor, a missionary, and a business leader. And those are the roles that are all encapsulated in being a high level chaplain in the United States Air Force. Oh my goodness, such wisdom and richness in this conversation with chaplain and pastor and friend, J.R. Harris. I just can't wait for you to lean in and gather some information from him that really can be deeply applicable, both in the spiritual side of your life, but honestly, also in a very practical action step that we can take that I'll suggest at the very end of our conversation today. So... Get ready to listen and learn from your brother in ministry, J.R. Harris. Well, hey, Jr. I really am so excited for people to get to hear from you. One of the things that I'm enjoying about this is that I get to have conversations with people who are doing Christian leadership and Christian ministry in a lot of different contexts, and I think that's so valuable. Because sometimes we pigeonhole what it looks like to be in Christian ministry into one specific category of a pastor. But, man, that can happen in so many different places and spaces. And um, you get to pastor in a very unique role that I think just brings another level of insight, but also another level of challenge. So can you just share a little bit about what ministry looks like for you?
1: Sure. Sure. Um, thanks for the opportunity, Tara. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm J.R. Harris, and I am currently uh, an active duty Air Force chaplain. Uh, I have been ordained since 2006 uh, as, a, as a pastor in the Presbyterian Church in America, and uh, for several years was a college pastor and a local pastor, and then in 2011 uh, came on active duty as an Air Force chaplain. And so since that time, um, in my early days, a lot of that work looked very similar to what a, a, a local pastor might do, with some exceptions. A lot of, of teaching, preaching, uh, leading <clears throat> small groups and leadership teams as they uh, you know went about reaching the base community. As I have progressed in my career, though, Uh, my job has more and more come to take the the role of perhaps what could be called an executive pastor. Yeah. Uh, A lot of supervision and mentoring and resource management, uh, the opportunity to advise uh, leaders in in the military at the installations where I'm assigned. Uh, I've had the opportunity to deploy to a combat setting in Afghanistan. Uh, I've had the opportunity to do uh, a lot of behind the scenes work in, um, rooms where decisions are being made that impact the lives of thousands of airmen and their families. Um, a lot of what I'm doing now is in the, is in the realm of <clears throat> leadership development. Um, I'm a, I'm a leader of, of a team of about 19 chaplain corps, uh, active duty reserve, uh, civilian contractor personnel. So, um, and I am the the principal advisor to our wing commander, our senior officer here at Scott, mm-hmm. as he goes about the job of of leading about five thousand airmen in getting the mission of Scott Air Force Base accomplished.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, a congregation of five thousand, no big deal. <laughs> yes,
1: uh, and it's it's interesting because in the in the Air Force Chaplain Corps, we will say uh, pastor to some and a chaplain to all. So mm-hmm. we wear different hats than perhaps the typical parish or church right. pastor might. A lot of our work looks much more like a missionary at times Yeah. wearing the uniform of our people, uh, speaking the language of our people with all the acronyms, yeah. even getting the same haircut as our people. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's sort of part pastor, church pastor, part missionary. Yeah. Uh and then part even like um private sector leader just in based mm-hmm. on the HR concerns and the budgetary things. But there's overlap with that, and, and church pastors too.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a huge role, and like I said earlier, with its own incredibly unique challenges. We all know that when you say yes to ministry, you say yes to being in those moments that are incredibly traumatic. And mm-hmm. you know, when you start talking about doing that in the context of the military, it goes up a level right? Uh Like it's just, it's intense and the stress is very high and the demands are very high on every single person that you're touching. Their family is living under a certain level of strain um, just because of the calling that they've chosen to follow in, in serving in the military. So as you have lived this full life of ministry, what has been some of those sustaining power principles, scriptures, stories, people that have just carried you through when it's been really, really, really hard?
1: Sure. Um, you know, in the, in the military context, we wear our, our rank on our uniform. It's very clear to us where we fit in the pecking order. Mm-hmm. Uh, people lower down are very deferential to people above them. Um, and And so you can get, sort of lost in that culture, which has a purpose and a value. uh, And I don't want to undermine that at all. But at the end of the day, my, my status and my identity has to be defined by who Jesus Christ says that I am. Mm. So for me, what that looks like is I have to daily come back to the fundamentals of the gospel mm. uh, to not treat the gospel as kind of the ABCs of the Christian life, but the A to Z of the Christian. Mm.
0: Life.
1: And, and how that looks is the basic moves of daily being or forcing myself to be when I'm not feeling it uh, dependent, uh, repentant and accepting of the grace That's mine. That's been purchased for me at a great cost. I I think that this is probably true of all ministry uh, leaders, pastors, and and whatnot, that sometimes in our churches, we we see ourselves as being those who dispense grace or speak of grace or preach grace, but we don't first relish the opportunity to be recipients of grace. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And sometimes our congregations really don't want us to be recipients of grace, because that means that we are broken just like they are. And they don't want to believe that, right? They want to believe that the person up on the stage, uh, the the people singing and doing announcements and leading uh, the life groups, and that they don't struggle with the same Mm -hmm. kinds of fears and doubts and insecurities that the person sitting down on the floor in the comfy chairs Mm -hmm. does. But at the end of the day, we do at least i do yeah. yeah and so you know i've had to remind myself that before i was a shepherd I, i'm a sheep mm-hmm. i have to remind myself of that because yeah. there are times when uh, a police officer might need to call 911 there's a there's times when physicians also need to go to the doctor and mm-hmm. so pastors need pastors chaplains mm-hmm. need chaplains taking myself back to the, the greatest pastor Mm-hmm. i.e. Jesus, and allowing my the people inside my circle to know me well enough uh, for me to be authentic enough with them that they can minister to me in, in Jesus' name has been a, a really vital a- aspect of, of my t- sustainment uh, yeah. through ministry the last, what, 16 or so years.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow. I think about that and how keeping that perspective about that identity and about being that recipient of grace really ties into um, humility
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: how, you know, as a leader. I mean, you said it earlier that that expectation that if you're a Christian leader and you're standing on that podium in front of everyone, that you should have it all together expectation that's placed on us and that we place on ourselves right um all too often but man that's destructive because it's it's a standard we can't ever possibly actually live up to
1: as there's the the fall of a leader and and you start to pull back the layers certainly uh there was a lack of of humility but i think one of the things that allows that to fester is a lack of accountability Mm-hmm. And, and that's where having that band of brothers or band of sisters that you are trying to uh, do life with, be it uh, with skin on, uh, in person, or you know as that becomes very difficult in a military context, through regular phone calls or visits or um, FaceTime sessions or whatever it takes yeah. to just continue uh, that process where you're opening yourself up. Yeah. I was on a retreat, uh, a marriage retreat last week and uh, afforded my wife and I the opportunity to do a lot of hiking. And I was there with a mentor of mine Mm -hmm. and the Lord just laid it on me to, to ask him some hard questions about like, how do you experience me? Mm. Are there any red flags that, Mm. that you're seeing in my life that you would want to say, Hey, are you aware of this? And I don't know what prompted that other than the fact that um, I'm more and more wanting to know those kind of things Mm -hmm. because I see other people fail. And, and I know that at the heart level that I'm no better than they are. It's just the the grace of God and a series of circumstances. And so to protect myself, to guard my heart, I just, I want to ask trusted agents more and more like, Hey, is if there's anything you see in me, I don't want to try to fool myself. If there's anything you see in me, please tell me.
0: Mm-hmm. If it is a
1: lack of humility or pride, if it is a selfish ambition, please help me identify that early so that I can then, you know, hopefully receive that pivot toward repentance and depend on, you know, the Holy Spirit to shape my heart in a way that would look more like Jesus's. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which brings you full back,
0: full circle back to grace and, Yeah, exactly. And that, receiving of and living out of the fullness of the grace that you get to receive. Yeah, so powerful. Wow, JR, thank you so much for sharing. There's a lot there that, that we can unpack learn from. So I'm so grateful uh, for your vulnerability and and honesty, even in the way that you shared that. So would you be willing to take a moment and pray for our listeners, for the Christian leaders who are hearing your voice and maybe their hearts were pricked by some of the things Mm -hmm. that that you shared to learn to stay the course by applying some of the things that have really Mm -hmm. been anchor points for you?
1: It'd be my privilege, Tara. Let's pray together. God, you have promised us in your word that, uh, you will change hearts and we know you value shepherds who are after your own heart. And so, uh, we need that desperately in this time, uh, men and women who would be so passionate about following you, uh, be so enamored with, with your glory that they would, um, seek or accept a call uh, to, to, to minister in your name as leaders within the body of Christ. Uh, but we know that that comes with great pressure and great struggle. God, would you help us as leaders to, uh, to not point to ourselves, but ultimately to point to the, the, the Good Shepherd Jesus himself, mm-hmm. under whom we all serve as church leaders, and may he guide and equip us. Help us to be quick to use the resources that are at our disposal to receive grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like Christian community, uh, time in your word, prayer, worship. God, would you, would you help us to not uh, be those who would dispense grace, preach of grace, teach of grace, and yet not receive grace? Mm-hmm. Father, help us to be bold and, and vulnerable as we seek that out and as we open up our lives to others uh, and, and use use that openness to reassure us and um, encourage us with how vast and how wide and how deep and how high is the love of Christ, which is ours. Mm-hmm. We Thank you, Father, for the, the privilege that it is to serve you, to serve your bride. Equip us this day, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so, so much, JR. I really appreciate it.
1: Sure. Yeah. Tara, happy to help out. Um, Hopefully, people will listen. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: JR, unpack just the wisdom that comes from a very honest and vulnerable perspective that every Christian leader also needs to be led. And the opportunity not only to be led by God himself who invites us to receive grace before we give it, but also to be led by other powerful leaders um, alongside of us in a very vulnerable and honest way is such potent truth for us to hold on to. So thank you, JR, for taking time to remind us of those truths. I hope that there is someone in your life that you can go to, maybe even as you hang up this podcast, you set up that appointment with the person that you can have that honest conversation of what do you see in me? Is there any blind spot that you can speak life and truth into for me? And how can I come alongside and pray for and support you as well as a leader? We need each other. And in that space, that is why we are here with Staying Power. I'm Tara Wiley, and I am cheering you on. I'll see you next, uh, this midweek Wednesday for prayer.